The soul of summer in Columbus. The long weekends, the return of festivals, the connection with friends on a rooftop under the stars. The just five more minutes while on an adventure with your tiny travelers. Long live summer and the exploration of Columbus's neighborhoods. Discover itineraries from your favorite Columbus residents like Jenny Britton and Coyote Peterson and learn how to make this summer one to remember. Plan every detail, every minute of summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash liveforward. White Castle presents CEO Lisa Ingram. My great-grandfather opened White Castle in 1921, which is why I'm excited to announce the new 1921 slider, inspired by how we made them 100 years ago with a 100% beef patty topped with cheddar cheese, caramelized onions, tomato, lettuce, and pickles. Come see why originality never goes out of style. I'm Lisa, but you can call me the Slider Queen. White Castle. Long live sliders. Pasteurized processed cheese at participating castles. Welcome back to another week of the Razzball Prospect Podcast, powered by Prospects Live. That is the venture of Lance, myself, Jason Panini, who's also on this podcast, Jason Woodell, and of course, our good friend, Matt Thompson. Uh, others are joining us now as well, but it's been a couple of weeks, Lance, since we were on this podcast. We've done some Prospects Live stuff over on our site, our feed, but nice to be back on Razzball, kind of with a fantasy slant. Uh, we're lucky enough this week to have... Jason Panini from Arizona, from the AFL in the house, so we can give us some firsthand accounts on some of these players. Uh, before I introduce JP, Lance, what's up, man? Hey, man, how's it going? Yeah, we, uh, we've been slacking with this feed, mainly because of me, so we apologize to all the listeners that have been eagerly waiting another pod from us, but we'll keep it going. We'll keep it consistent. It's just we got all that stuff with Prospects Live going on, you know? We've been putting some work in over there in the off season, so we've been a little more lenient, but, you know, we have to be devoted to the, to the pod here because we're coming up, I think, on uh, – more than a year, a little bit over a year, me and Ralph doing this, I think, right? I don't remember when we started it up, Ralph. I think it might have been it, November, it, December, right? It was uh, right around this time that uh, yeah. that that help left, and yeah, uh, yeah. you you just jumped into my life, Lance, uh, <laughs> as I as I handpicked you from the cabbage patch, and yeah, uh, here we are. Been, I don't know if that was insulting or not. Anyway, me throw up. I know Jason Panini <laughs> is here, and he's about to throw up. So let's just cut. cut off the love fest for a second and kick it off to our man in Arizona, our scout on the ground, so to speak. What's up, brother? Oh, nothing. It was an off day today, so no games. It was kind of a weird day. What'd you do? Uh, I ate a breakfast at like 10, which is weird. I kind of went to the <laughs> library and just walked around. Like I wasn't even productive. I just kind of felt like a vegetable, but I like went to the library and attempted to work and didn't really do anything. Um, that was my day. <laughs> <laughs> if, as long as you go somewhere where other people are being productive, you, you threw out some Moses feel more productive, right? That's good. Yeah. You're on a library, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. I think that I, was the idea. I expected three articles coming from the library and you probably wrote a paragraph, right? Is that what happened? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, well, this too. is what I did. I started like six things and didn't get far in any of them. <laughs> 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 yep, I do. The, I do the same thing too. You try to get all your ideas on paper, and then you don't get actually focused onto one. But that's off topic. You're you're in the AFL, man. So you got to see the Fall Stars game. I want to kick it off with that. That's probably the biggest thing going on in terms of the prospect world right now. We'll get into a little bit of hot hot stove stuff in a minute, and then talk some AFL players. But you're at the game firsthand. Just I, I know you're there. Batting practice. You were there for like the entirety of the event. Sort of who are the guys that stuck out to you? 
what were the sort of the big moments for you uh, in the Fall Stars game? Yeah, it, first of all, it was a super exciting event overall. I mean, I just had like a five-hour wave of adrenaline throughout like BP in the game, and it was just exciting and fun to observe and be a part of. Um, so like in terms of guys that stood out, I guess I'd probably start with Nate Pearson, who was just blowing heat, bringing my gun had him up to 103, uh, 102.8 to be exact was the highest I saw him on my gun, but he was just airing it out. It was really impressive. Um, I had tweeted out that he was throwing a cutter in the mid nineties, but that was actually a slider, which for the fact, um, wow. yeah, wow. A, a scout behind me had called it, um, his cutter, but I don't think he has a cutter. I think that was his slider, but he was just so amped up, um, in previous outings, he had been throwing that same pitch, like in the high, uh, the fall stars game night, it was mid nineties. So with pretty nasty tilts. I mean, um, it was a serious double plus pitch and Pearson just looked nasty. And it was kind of like frightening just to think like, <laughs> this is what he'd look like in a pen. Um, so, uh, that was one guy that stood out. Lucius Fox made a couple like really nice defensive plays. Um, one just full extension diving with his basically diving straight up and, uh, snaring a ball out of the air just didn't seem like a ball most guys would even touch or get a glove on. Um, trying to think who else. Um, another guy who's like a personal cheese ball of mine, Austin, uh, Austin <laughs> Listy, you know, he yeah, had, man, I like uh, Listy. had the home run to, uh, it was a go ahead home run. And, um, man, like he just has this wide base stance, like Listy gets low and just shrinks the zone. And I feel like he's got, He's got a pretty uh, discerning eye, like doesn't swing unless it's uh, he doesn't swing unless it's in the zone and the contact rates seem to be there. I think this is a really like under the radar guy. And um, I think he gets a little underrated just because he's always been old for the level he's been at. But um, looking at his swing mechanics and uh, just his overall approach to the game, I think this is a guy that could be a, you know, could be a sleeper. Like I didn't even see him on Philly's top 30 lists. And, um, I think he's definitely deserving of that. He could, he could just come out of nowhere and be a surprisingly good player. Um, the other piece of it was he played half of his year in Reading, which is notorious hitters park. So, um, maybe he's getting discounted for those, uh, reasons, but you know, mm. he, he looked good. Um, I'm trying to think what else stood out in my mind. Yeah. Obviously the, uh, the Buddy Reed triple to end the game was was amazing, <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, just overall, just super exciting. Yeah, and I wanted to sort of maybe pause for a second and talk about some of those guys. And I know you play fantasy as well, and and this show in particular, we're obviously a little bit more in a, a fantasy context, fantasy lens in terms of how we view these guys. And Listy's interesting because even though he's twenty five, and I think a lot of people would write him off. He's got um, a pretty nice skill set in terms of, you know, his approach. This was actually his first full uh, professional season. He was, a, uh, I think, a 17, 17th round pick back in 2017. So it's not like he's had a, a really lengthy minor league career and he's 25. He was just an old prospect when he got drafted, and he's actually, you know, hit really well uh, across some of the, I guess, the upper levels. I mean, at this point, it wouldn't shock me if he, if he makes a, a, the jump to Lehigh Valley early next year if he doesn't even break camp there. Um, I don't know how he fits into the Phillies picture, though, because I feel like with an American League team, it's easy. He could fit into like a DH role, you know, outfield, you know, for some, maybe play some first base. Um, what, what are your thoughts in terms of how he fits in? And is he kind of a, even more of a sleeper in fantasy just because he has that sort of baseline um, approach skill set where, you know, he has the, the, the on base ability plus the power and that sort of boosts the overall profile. I think, you know, when those guys transitioning, at least to major league pitching, I mean, I think, I think he's a better fantasy player than real life player. I mean, he's not, he doesn't stand out to me as being a, a stud defender or anything like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think he's just kind of okay in the outfield. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, maybe this is a guy who um, could be like a second division regular due to the bat, but the bat carries the profile, and that's that's what you care about in fantasy. So I think he's a better fantasy guy than uh, like a real life player. Well, and that kind of leads me to the other two guys, and I'll, I'll lump them together because they're both super athletes and sort of super defenders as well. On the other side of the ball for Lucius Fox and Buddy Reed, you know, what are the upsides for those two guys, and which one do you really see having sort of the higher um, offensive sort of floor and offensive ceiling? Yeah, for me, um, I'm just I'm a little skeptical of uh, Buddy Reed's hit tool. I've, I've seen him a number of times, and there's good bat speed there, but there's also some length to his swing and it's nothing he can control. He's just kind of like a, he has a long limbed kind of lanky body. And, um, Oh, I wanted to go back. I, I misspoke a little earlier, um, saying he ended the game. It was actually on that, um, Mibris Valoria single, but yeah. anyways, buddy Reed, Reed's he scored big, the run. Yeah. He scored yeah. The run. Um, he had the big, he had the big hit off Justin Lawrence too. But, um, anyways, uh, yeah, I just wanted to say there's some length to the swing, and the pattern that I've been noticing out here is he tends to get worked away early in counts, and then he gets busted in with two strikes. And it seems like pitchers know that um, just due to the length of his limbs, he's a little susceptible inside, and so they're almost saving that for two strike two strike counts, and then he's getting jammed inside either up and in with fastballs or breaking stuff in and um you know it just seems like that's the plan of attack against reed um you know there there's definite skills there but i'm a little worried about the hit tool i think if i had to gamble on one of these guys um kind of taking a step up and um actually being an impact offensive player i would i would guess it would be lucius fox and um the ground ball, the the linear swing plane is the concern here, but I just feel like that's an easier thing to fix. Like some guys, some guys make swing changes and all of a sudden now they're launch angle guys. Um, so I, I just see like when I look at Fox, I see a guy who's really twitchy and he's a great athlete and those are good guys to take gambles on. Um, the swing isn't perfect mechanically, but um, you know, there's, I, th- I feel like there's good bat speed there. And, um, if he were to make a change, I think he could be the guy to take the step forward, um, rather than Reed. If I had to gamble on one <laughs> JP, is there a player specifically in the time you've been down in the Arizona fall that you've changed your opinion on a lot? Change my opinion on a lot. Um, Hmm. Might have to give you some time there, to think on that one. I know there, 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 there have. <laughs> I'm sure um, I'd have to think about it. Um, I, I change my opinion all the time. Uh, well, one is a guy that um, I think you had on the agenda, and it's not like a huge change, but uh, with Yu Chang, um, I think I tweeted out, or I said this on another podcast, that I thought he was a 70 defender. Well, maybe 70 is a little aggressive. You know, I've seen him another couple times. Maybe he's a 60 defender at third. I still really like him. Um, these evaluations are kind of constantly evolving based off of your looks. So, um, you know, another thing was I tweeted out, uh, you know, I was watching a drill like before a game and I liked buddy Reed's arm and I liked Christian Pache's arm. And, um, you know, I wanted to get more looks just to see, um, to try to solidify my grades on those tools. And, Buddy Reed definitely has a 60 arm. I, I saw him make another pretty nasty throw the other night. Pache, I was trying to figure out, you know, does this guy have a 60 arm? Does he have a 70 arm? I think it's closer to a 60, having seen him another couple times. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, these grades are they're predicated on your looks. And if you get additional looks at a guy, you see something a little different, um, you got to be open to changing your grades. Um, so, yeah, those are a couple examples that just popped into my mind, but there's there's a myriad of others. I just I'm not they're not coming to me right now. <laughs> if I look through my notes, I, I could give you. Uh, no, those I are good ones. Don't worry. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we we have Chang on the agenda here um, 
for fantasy in particular, Ralph, I know you were interested in, or kind of considering, I think we were all kind of considering where the pathway to playing time is, you know, because you obviously have Lindor at short. I think that Ozer Ramirez probably plays second more than anything. And then you kind of have Yandy Diaz at third, I believe, in, in Cleveland. And that seems to be the most likely spot for him to slot in. It seems like he's playing that position the most in the AFL as well, too, um, third base. So uh, is he a late-round guy, Ralph? Is he an AL-only target? What exactly are you looking at him for 20, uh, for 2019? Wow, can't even remember the year. <laughs> Yeah, I think it just sort of depends on, you know, if there's a role for him, even if it's, you know, a 60% platoon split, like if there's a way that he can get 400 at bats, he's kind of interesting. And I, I don't think he's going to hit for a high average, but he's got power and he's got speed and he might fit in multiple spots uh, in the infield. You know, he's, he's pretty much always been a shortstop. That's where a majority of his games have been. I think he has under 50 games uh, split between third base and second base. Um, I think are about 30 of those. So more than half of that was last year uh, in triple a, um, you know, and then before that he played a little bit of it in rookie ball and he's, he's kind of an interesting guy. If we tag him in this podcast, we'll probably get even more hits because uh, he's like a national hero uh, back in his home country of uh, Taiwan, I think I actually, uh, I believe it is. But uh, Chang is interesting, man. I don't know. He's got some power. He's got some speed. He can defend a little bit. And I think it's interesting that he looks that good at third base with so few games there historically. So um, mm. if they go with that path, Kipnis is out, and you know they move Jose Ramirez to second base, and they feel like that's his best position maybe chang actually has an opportunity to go there we know that that uh the the indians are trying to cut some salary uh you know bringing in some guys that have had some experience in the upper minors that you know have gone to the fall league and somebody that looks like he's probably ready to at least contribute somewhat to the major league club it seems to make sense from a cost standpoint that maybe chang could be an option even early in the season uh for the indians Mm -hmm. in 2019 family it looks a little different for everyone For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. White Castle presents CEO Lisa Ingram. My great-grandfather opened White Castle in 1921, which is why I'm excited to announce the new 1921 slider, inspired by how we made them 100 years ago, with a 100% beef patty topped with cheddar cheese, caramelized onions, tomato, lettuce, and pickles. Come see why originality never goes out of style. I'm Lisa, but you can call me the Slider Queen. White Castle. Long live sliders. Pasteurized processed cheese at participating castles. I agree with that entirely. Yeah. And then going defense to defense, I know you really like the defense of Cole Tucker, JP. Um, this is a guy I think that stood out to you a little bit. I got to see him out in uh, Hartford when Altuna came in. I liked him a lot. Mm. I liked him and Brian Hayes yeah. a lot on the left side. I had him, uh, I think I had him top five or six on the parts uh, yeah. as well over on Prospect you did, Live. You did. Um, JP, uh, elite defenders at shortstop, would you, would you put him in that category, you think? Yeah, For he's prospect? elite, man. He's elite. Yeah. Um, I, I spent like time during the futures or during the uh, fall stars game trying to figure out whether I liked him or Lucius Fox better. And um, I kind of settled on, I thought Fox is just more twitchy has better range, but I think Tucker has him in like footwork and um, footwork and just arm strength. Um, So they're, they're both elite guys. Um, Tucker's just done, just done some amazing things like, plays where he'll move to his left and, um, you know, grab a ball low and like pirouette and then gun it over to first, like just Mm -hmm. really impressive things. Um, both of those guys are just elite defenders. Um, easy sixties, probably seventies. I love it. I love that. Ralph, same with Tucker here. Cause I'm, I'm wondering where he plays. Um, or where his value is in redraft mm-hmm. leaves or if he's NL only to some extent going forward. Um, he seems like, you know, we have down here that it's more like a Jose Barraza type where it's probably some stolen bases and not too much power projection. Yeah. And I would agree with that. I don't think I see much power projection as well, but I see a, mm-hmm. I think he could be a decently healthy slash guy, um, yeah, which again limits the value for fantasy, but a, a viable body at shortstop in some of the deeper leagues can matter. Right. 
Yeah, and I think the other thing with him that's different with Peraza is, um, you know, I think Peraza got to, what, to like 12 or 13 homers this year. So it was enough that he yeah, had, yeah. like, enough to br- kind of boost up the overall value. Tucker has some doubles power, and he's got the legs to kind of stretch some stuff. And I think it could play. He's got a bigger body, too. He's more athletic. So maybe there's some tweaks. Maybe there's some power that could be unloaded there, I mean, or unlocked there. Probably not a ton, but maybe a little bit more. But I think ultimately he is a pretty good hit tool guy. He's got a good approach. He's had that dating back to when I saw him going on three years ago now in Bradenton for a series. Um, He's always been one of the most impressive athletes you see in the field. And I think that shines through um, in terms of his play, particularly defensively in the field, even though he's a bigger guy for the shortstop position. I think ultimately he should stick there because he's probably um, as I said, one of the best offenders in the minor leagues outside of the major leagues. I'll even throw anybody in Japan and Cuba <laughs> and the Mexican league and, and all these other places. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Cole Tucker is fun. I, I think that the pirates have an interesting future on the left side. Yeah, I do. There. And uh, Ralph, uh, profess your love for Ryan McKenna. You have to do it. I think it's a, <laughs> all right. We used to have so, Brandon McKay watch. We used to do, uh, we'll have we have to McKay evolve watch. that. I think we, we will. We will. Dotson too, because he's Tanner a Dotson watch. So yeah, gotta, race again. We gotta we gotta throw it in there. But um, I wanted I wanted to just say that like I've been a big proponent for people picking up Ryan McKenna in fantasy leagues since like the first half of last season, and I, I wrote a bunch of stuff about him. I got pulled onto uh, an Orioles fan blog with with somebody that wrote for like the I don't know Washington Times or some 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 silliness. Um, and, uh, I actually was pulled on just to talk about McKenna cause I wrote like 1500 words on him. So, I mean, I have loved this guy for such a long time. And I, and the thing that I like about him is the fact that he pairs athleticism, defensive value with a really good approach. And now that he's made a few tweaks in terms of his swing, uh, coming into 2018 was actually at the tail end of 2017 when the tweaks are actually made. And that last month of the season, uh, he was one of the best hitters, I think, in Delmerva, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, he jumped a couple levels this year. He showed a ton more approach. He was getting on base a lot. Um, he was hitting for more power, more authority. Um, he's a guy that you know doesn't just have the pull side stuff. He can't go the other way. And coming into the season, he was rated as the best runner in the Orioles system. I don't know if that's saying a whole lot because the Orioles are notorious for drafting softball players. Um, but I think it's <laughs> but I, I think it speaks to the fact that he is an athletic kid. And, you know, he's a cold weather kid. We always talk about how those guys take a little bit longer. He grew up in Maine. He played high school baseball at uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, I believe in Nashua, New Hampshire, um, for a senior year at least. But let's jump off the page for you what he's done in the AFL. Uh, I think I wrote it down. He leads in OPS. I believe he leads by like 40 points, which I didn't expect to see. Uh, he's got a couple of steals. He's in a homer, got a bunch of triples, doubles. Um, and he's up there in terms of batting average and, and on base percentage. I think he's second or third in each of those. So, yeah, I mean, I told JP to check him out and I said, Hey, check out my buddy, you know, McKenna. <laughs> I talked about him a ton on the Orioles, uh, uh, podcast, which I think we recorded. And I did the list prior to the AFL. And, um, I think the hype is real. So, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of excited that my guy took off. I didn't expect to get this kind of a performance in the AFL. I thought he'd be good. I didn't think that he would uh, outpace Vlad Guerrero Jr. <laughs> <laughs> hey, easy there. <laughs> Just Jason, the where, where's Ralph Rawl, Jason? Down. Off the ledge. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to talk you off it because, like, I I look at him and all the skills are commensurate with the numbers, and uh, I'm you know I'm getting I'm getting sixty to you know, 65 run times on him. He looks great in the outfield, good jumps. Um, the arm is probably a 60, um, really controls the strike zone. Just this guy has good eye for the plate. Um, the swing mechanics are, are good. Um, it's funny, uh, just being on the field for the BP, I was like walking around and trying to size up like how tall are guys. And uh, <laughs> Ryan, like Ryan McKenna was one of the few guys who I was like, Oh, like this guy is like my height or shorter than me. Um, and <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like five eleven and a half, something like that. And yeah. Ryan McKenna was like maybe half an inch shorter than me, something like that. Um, so he's not a big guy, but, he just does everything well, every little thing he does well. And, um, you know, I think he does warrant that top 100 consideration. Um, 
he's been really impressive in my looks. Like this isn't a fluke. Now that's good to hear. I mean, uh, he's certainly you know one of my favorite guys, and the the numbers backed it up. So that was fun to see. But let's transition into one of my other favorite guys, Lance, if we might, and that's Tyler Nevin. This is a guy that I felt was underrated for a while. I've always liked the swing. Um, I felt like everybody was not for whatever reason. Um, and, and you know, he's not the most athletic guy. He doesn't jump off the page, but I think in the batter's box, I, I think he's legit. He's a professional hitter. Um, if I can use that sort of cheesy phrase, but I think it's true. I think, you know, he puts the bat in the ball, he barrels up stuff. Um, you know, he grew up obviously, you know, baseball bloodlines. We always sort of like that. Um, but my hot take here is I wonder if he's actually a better prospect than Colton Welker because the, the home road splits in the California League this year support that argument a little bit. And I think I like his swing a little bit better than Welker's. I know everybody yeah. loves Wel- Colton Welker, but I, and I don't dislike him. I still think he's a good prospect, but I'm interested to see if the two of them hopefully start the season in Hartford and I get to get an extended look of like 10-plus games at the two of them in a few different ballparks as well. Um, yeah. that'll be, that'll be interesting to see, you know, uh, because I think both those guys are moving in different directions in terms of sort of where their prospect stock is at the moment. Yeah. I, uh, I can't say I knew much about Nevin, but I was just watching his swing and I am, I'm over the moon about the swing. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's gorgeous. It's compacted stroke. It's just nice. And, the slash is great. I mean, again, any any Rockies prospect slash is probably going to be good. He's got 328, 386, 503, and 100 games in high A with 13 homers and a nice 18% K to 8% walk. So it's like you look at that and it's just you swoon over it because it's every Rockies prospect. But I think when you go back to the aesthetics of him, it's it's amazing. I, I, it's just compact. It's short. There's a little bit of pop. He's got good interaction, good separation. He separates out well. I like the power projection on him. You know, I think maybe he's like a 55, 60 game power guy. I think that's, that, that'd be amazing. And if he could pull off 50 hit, that's again, awesome. Um, so I'm not really sure what the speed in the fielding is. Is he, is he kind of more a first base profile? Or do you think he could stay at third longer term? No, I think, that's I think probably he's, gonna... he's, he's first base only. I think he's, okay, he's that's maybe he's finally the guy that they decide to, to let be the heir apparent to uh, Todd Helton that for some reason they don't want to give to Ryan, <laughs> Ryan uh, McMahon. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. That's funny, but I, I'd be really interested to see how he does in Hartford because Hartford's a little funkier with the, the park. It's definitely a, a little bit of shock, cold water for any of those guys coming up from Lancaster. And, uh, but JB, have you seen any Nevin? Yeah. Um, this is a funny anecdote. I was watching, I was watching a game with my parents and my dad was like, Oh, I like this guy's swing. And I'm like, Oh, yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I like the swing too. You, you guys touched on a little bit of um, things that I saw, but he's very short to the ball. The hands are like quiet as they yeah. kind of yeah. settle really into quiet. slot. And um, just the lower half is easy. Um, he's a strong guy. He doesn't need a big leg kick or anything like that. Um, and just in general, like really direct to the ball. I don't think he's going to swing and miss a lot. And, uh, you know, obviously that's something that you need, um, especially for a guy who might end up being a first base only guy. But um, I actually, I didn't hate him as much as, you know, maybe the industry consensus. I think, I think he could be like maybe a 40 defender at third, you know, so below average, but if the bat's good enough, maybe it plays. Um, obviously you got Arenado there, so it's, it's a moot point, but um, you know, defensively, I, at least for my looks, I, I didn't hate him as much as uh, the industry consensus seems to. No, that's completely fair. Ralph, Rotoware, man. You want to talk some Rotoware? Yeah, it's been a few weeks since we gave a shout out to our friends over at Rotoware, rotoware.com. Uh, Kenneth Cashman, he's the man with all the designs. You can go on to rotoware.com, check them out, sign up for their mailing list. You can get a discount code from them that you can actually use, I believe, on all the different merchandise there. He's slowly moving all the stuff over. They're kind of they're kind of reworking some things, but there's still a ton of designs coming out, um, and he's hitting all the different sports. So if you're following some of the stuff that's going on in football or basketball, college football, even just sort of funny internet stuff, 
He's all over it. Go check it out. I know Brandon uh, McCarthy was actually uh, tweeting about him and, and, and bought some shirts yesterday. So that's kind of cool. We know that he, had, he obviously uh, was selling those Susie Wallman shirts at the end of the season. A-Rod had a whole bunch of them. He ordered some. So, uh, yeah, he's kind of like right in there with uh, all these tastemakers in the game. And uh, Rotoware, I think you can still use our promo code SAGNOFF, but it's, uh, it's for only a limited selection on the site. None of the Rotoware classic shirts, just some of the classic Rotoware shirts. So I'm just going to reverse that phrase. You can still use that promo code to get 20% off. But like I said, sign up for the mailing list and just tell Kenny that we sent you. And uh, there you go. Lance, anything you want to add? No, man, that's it. I think that the interaction on the Twitter has been amazing. I believe he was at a little bit of a chain yeah, with Trevor Barra as well. Yeah, like Trevor Bauer was his own apparel brand, so I think Trevor Bauer quickly then made a T-shirt on his own, which I thought was hilarious because he 100% went to Kenny's site, looked, and was like, "Damn, these are nice." <laughs> He's like, "I got to start the stuff on my game." So he released a shirt today, and I was laughing at that. I, I bet it was 100% effective going to Kenny's site, checking it out, checking out Rotoware because they're amazing and everything they that, do. But that's Kevin the McCarthy most shirt is fantastic. That's the most uh, Trevor Bauer anecdote yes. I've like ever heard. Right and, 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 and like it would be even better if like Trevor Bauer has a successful T-shirt company in a year decides to like tweet directly at like Kenny and then blame him for everything the way he does every pitcher he's ever pitched <laughs> with that he doesn't get along with Garrett Cole uh, and Mike Montgomery is actually the other one that he pitched with in high school that he yeah, he hates, UCLA, right? he hates no, Mike no. Montgomery and uh, he's made it his personal uh, 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 jihad I'm gonna call it a jihad. Wow! Piss off, uh, Trevor Bauer they to were, go after boys, to right? go after to go after Garrett Cole and the the Astros for cheating and using pine tar. Um, that is uh, Trevor Bauer's new mission in life. I don't even know if it's the pitch any longer. It's just to troll the Houston Astros. But there you go. Yeah. <laughs> he was playing around with pine tar and spin rates. I think he had a drive line too. I saw some tweets going around of him. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Pitches. Funny as heck, he likes, but he likes to mix it up a little bit. But let's move on to somebody else that we <laughs> actually have all seen at different points in the season. That's Jesus Tinoco. I think I saw him like three times last year, once later in the year without you, Lance. Uh, summarize really quickly what I saw and then kick it over to you guys. Uh, we'll go with JP and then Lance. I saw a guy that more or less has two pitches. Um, he had really three that he threw. He had two breaking balls, but from my recollection, it, the best pitches were really the fastball, which was like 92 to 95. Uh, and, and 95 was like top out with some sink, a little bit of run. And then uh, a slider was the pitch that really stuck out to me in terms of the breaking balls that I thought he got some swing, swings and misses on and some ground balls. I think he'd be a guy that's really a, a middle reliever, not like a, not like a, a closer. He doesn't have that sort of electric stuff. And he's certainly not going to be uh, a five to six inning starter. What are your thoughts, JP? You've seen him more recently than Lance or I have. Yeah. In, in my looks, uh, he's been like pretty similar to how you described, I'd say up to mid nineties with the fastball, um, maybe a little higher once or once or twice, but, um, he just looks like, looks like a guy that's going to settle into the middle of a pen. He doesn't stand out as being super, you know, super sexy to me, but he's a serviceable guy. I don't really have a lot more to add. There's some effort in the delivery. I mean, I think the the slider may have been like in the low eighties, like 83, 84, something like that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I didn't have a ton to add to what you were saying, Ralph. Lance, what are your thoughts on Tanaka? Yeah, I saw him. I think I saw him shove pretty hard when I, when I got to see him and, uh, he had one really looking back start. at some, yeah, he did. And he gets a pretty good amount of swing. He misses from what I remember. I thought there was two breaking balls. Um, there were, but I just thought yeah. the slider was better. Yeah, absolutely. I do. I remember the harder pitch was better. And the, that curve was more like, get me over first pitch of anything. And I, I never really liked that, especially in the lower minors where you probably don't need it too much, but yeah, yeah, he's interesting. I mean, I, I don't really know what the profile is in the long term. The Rockies have been relatively good in terms of developing guys recently in, in terms of Freeland and, uh, and Herman Marquez and getting those guys up. And I don't know if that's, that's predictive at all in terms of how much you want to invest in maybe some other Rocky starters, but they seem to have some idea of how to fix guys to make them pitch in cores and not have them get actually decimated. And maybe that helps out guys like Tanoka, although it didn't help help guys like Jeff Hoffman and some others, but regardless, I, he's fun. I think and he's John, not a John Gray guy. teeters on the edge. 
John Gray, man, yeah, he needs to change the scenery. I think he's one of those guys that goes somewhere else and then blows up a little. Because I always liked him, and he always uh, he always looks good on on Razball's uh, streaminator and and stuff like that, from what I remember. But uh, but anyways, yeah, I'm not. I don't know what the upside is for Tanoka. I think he's more like a, like a 150 to 250 guy, maybe on on overall prospect boards for uh, for fantasy and stuff. He's in that window. Maybe he's like a top. 50 to 75 starter or so. Yeah. He's, he's interesting. If you can keep him on your radar in deep leagues, you probably own him in, in super deep leagues, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want the world from him or, or hope for the world from him because of that. But yeah, two breaking ball feels good. And uh, yeah, he's okay. He's fine. Yeah. Kind of an interesting guy that could be a reliever, but somebody that's pushed, I guess so far in terms of his production in the AFL and been doing it as a reliever. So I just thought it was an interesting development because I'm Absolutely. pretty sure we talked about him probably some point early in the season after we had uh, viewed that start where he had uh, pitched pretty well. I think it was actually against, I believe it was against Vlad and Bo and that full, like stocked up lineup. Maybe not. It with, was because uh, we thought we, maybe not with, we thought they remember. Yeah. Maybe Our not. First with couple times seeing Vlad was like, yeah, no home for five with three walks or something. It was insane. <laughs> we, had a, we had a couple of bouncing, like chop chopper doubles down the line yeah, that he pulled. So you know, uh, one that was just a bad play by by Brandon Rogers that an, a, uh, a better third baseman would have made. But let's move along. I want to ask JP specifically about a guy that I've been really high on for fantasy. I'm not high on many starters, but it's his ability to miss bats and get ground balls, which I think is a really rare combination. He's had some injury history dating back to his time at Rice. I'm, of course, talking about, I guess you could call him, one of the top two to three prospects in the Arizona Diamondback system, John Duplantier. I like to say his name that way. Because uh, it's the correct pronunciation, but it's also really, really fun. Um, JP, he's been up and down in the AFL. What are your yeah. thoughts, man? Because he's a guy that I thought really did have like a 2019 ETA, even if it was maybe halfway through the season. I thought he could help Arizona and be sort of a cheap in-house option. Good park to pitch in, National League. Am mm-hmm. I gonna get a? Am I gonna get an above-average starter here, or what? I like Duplantier, but for me, I think he's like a middle starter, like a th- number three. Um, so, yeah, sorry, bro. Um, this is this is what I see when I look at him. Um, the fastball, it's okay. It it velocity wise, it's you know mid nineties. I've even seen like pretty consistently ninety four to ninety six. But um, I do see times where. Sometimes he'll run it to his arm side, and I think that's really effective. But I see other times where the pitch flattens a little bit, and it's actually been hit pretty hard in some of my looks. Um, the I actually like both the slider and curveball. Um, he's he's been getting pretty good swing and miss on both of those pitches out here, and um, it seems to me that his fastball kind of sets up those other two pitches. Like those aren't going to be effective. Um, without the presence of that fastball because haters have to respect the fastball heat. And then, um, you know, obviously it's kind of keeping, keeping them off those other pitches. Um, I was a little surprised just reading the uh, show notes, seeing uh, that the curveball was reportedly bad because oh, it's no, been good I thought in- it was change up. I thought it was a change up. That was, Oh, bad. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, that makes C- a lot more C-U sense. CU for me is, is change up <laughs> when I, I do curveball with CB. Oh yeah. My bad. But yeah, the uh, the changeup's been not great. Um, I've seen a couple flash, like maybe average, um, but all in all, it hasn't been too much. It's kind of a flat pitch, um, and uh, yeah, I just I see a guy who, who I like. I mean, the body's great. Um, there's not a ton of effort in, in the delivery. I think the low arm slot eats into eats into playing on his fastball a little bit, and. Um, you know, maybe that's part of why it can get a little flat and hittable at times. But um, I still like him. I, th- I still think he's definitely a starting pitcher. I just I don't see him as a front end guy. I don't think I don't think the stuff is quite at that level. Interesting, mm-hmm. interesting. Lance, anything you wanted to add on Duplantier du before we no. sort of wrap up here with my last suggestion? No, no, no. I think JP has gotten a much more in-depth look at him to, to have a much more informed opinion than I think we ever did. So Absolutely. we really appreciate that because yeah, he's always the guy you look at and you're like, wow, he's just shoving and shoving and shoving. And it's a matter of like, at what point you just respect that and go, yeah, he's going to be. Yeah, gonna be I mean, I think there's value, but I, it doesn't seem like there's any upside. 
Yeah, I mean, he does miss bats, though. I think that's what the fantasy upside is for me, is sure. the fact that, you know, he misses bats. It's a it's an organization in the National League where it's a good pitching environment now, and he is a ground ball guy. So it will be kind of interesting to see how he sort of plays the next level. Um, I like the body. I, I like the arsenal of pitches. Um, yeah. I guess the last guy I wanted to kick it over to JP again on, because he saw him, is Eric yeah. Leal. He now has a 17 and a third inning scoreless streak during his time in the Arizona Fall League. Um, what are your thoughts on him? Because he's a guy that I believe is a, a Cubs prospect, correct? Correct, yeah. And was a TJ guy, I think, uh, in 2017, 2017, missed the entirety of that season. Had like half a year this year in uh, the Carolina League and pitched pretty well. Um, you know, in terms of the strikeout rate, I think it was like 26, 27%. Walk rate was pretty, pretty low. Um, and you know, he got good results and obviously that's happening again in the fall. Mm -hmm. What can we expect from this guy? It doesn't seem like he's much more than, you know, ceiling is mid rotation, but more like a back end guy, but kind of interesting though. Yeah. Um, it's funny, like just being out here scouting the fall league, I'm like blissfully unaware of all the stats someone told me the other day like vlad hasn't hit a home run out here and i was like what like no way like <laughs> i don't believe it um so yeah i i had no clue this guy was like spitting a zero era um until you even brought that up um but yeah so i've seen i've seen a leal twice um the second time i saw him i was basically looking at open face swings and like not really paying attention to him um the stuff's not overpowering. Um, this is what I had written in my notes. Uh, the fastball was like high 80s, low 90s, and he had the ability to cut it. Um, the curveball and changeup were decent. Um, he filled the zone, had a really low effort delivery, and um, he just didn't stand out as a guy who impressed me. And, uh, you know, looking at his, his B-ref, I'm kind of wondering – is, was he just like an advanced pitchability guy, like taking advantage, you know, taking advantage of young hitters? But, um, you know, a zero ERA over 17 innings, I'm not willing to completely ignore it against AFL hitters. It's still a small sample, but um, yeah, it, in terms of pure scouting stuff, he like definitely didn't stand out to me and um, he didn't jump off the page as someone, you know. Eric Leal, like, who's this guy? Like, um, you know, like I have my favorites out here. I have my Connor Maribels. I have my Esteban Quiroz types. Um, you know, Leal didn't stand out and, you know, he didn't, uh, he didn't get me excited. So I guess that's all I'll say on that. <laughs> no, that's fine. I wanted, I wanted to get the reality check for me because that's exactly what, uh, we have you on the show for because we can pull up stats and I don't, I don't get to see the guy. So that's one of the big reasons that the first thing I did when I pulled up the stats and was sort of shocked that this guy had a 17 inning scoreless streak was I texted JP and then immediately yeah. made sure I got him onto the show to talk about it. So thank you for that coal, uh, a cup of cold water onto our, our fans that yeah, sorry Cubs fans. Line. <laughs> I like Justin Steele a little bit. <laughs> All right, there you go. Um, <laughs> before we wrap this up, it's kind of a short show this week, I guess, Lance, but yeah, it's okay. Hey, it's, it no, it's early JP, November. You know? It's early November and we're talking baseball prospects. I mean, <laughs> like <laughs> we're, the fact that we fill up this much time is amazing. And the fact that we also record several podcasts over on prospects mm -hmm. live. So you can check that out. JP, is there any other prospect you want to hype up? I know you mentioned Connor Maribel. I know you like him a lot. Do you want to maybe uh, drop him as your hidden jewel before we uh, sign off? Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's talk a little Connor Maribel. Um, Perfect. The swing, the swing is really, really sexy. Um, I just look at it. There's no, there's no like load phase to his swing. He's just kind of already in position and, um, the hands are really quiet. He, uh, just doesn't waste like any effort in his swing. Um, I see like pretty good bat speed. Um, like I'd say a slight uppercut in his swing plane and, um, not a lot of swing and miss. Like I'm seeing this guy barrel like high nineties velocity. And he was a guy that I knew pretty much nothing about. This is purely, um, purely evaluation off of things that I'm seeing at games. So, um, 
he's really just jumped off the page at me. Like when I look at his swing in slow motion and um, performance wise, been decent in my looks too. So um, yeah, he's definitely a JP sleeper. One of my favorites out here. Nice. Yeah. And he's a bad guy. So I think he's somebody that you uh, want to pay attention to in deeper fantasy leagues. I know I have a bunch of these 30 teams are starting up. I'm going to start up a 30 team league, maybe a couple of them uh, for prospects lives that we can follow along with, with some of our fans and some experts sort of mixed in there, maybe do some salary cap stuff, but that's, that's off topic. But Lance, anything you want to add before we sign off here? I think we can actually keep this one real tight tonight, which is unusual. Uh, unlike our hour and a half shows that we usually do. <laughs> Those are fun. But no, I just want to, I want to toss some love to Lou Bob, to Louie Robert. Cause he hit a ball that was, uh, I, I almost had to pick my mouth up off the floor after watching the video. Um, just the, the freaking sound on that ball was insane. And, uh, it was, it was pretty impressive to me. I, I, uh, one of those, one of those individual acute moments of a hitter where I start to then reconsider exactly where I have him on a list. And, uh, he's, he's top 15, top 10 for me, I think on top of hundreds, this kid is, he's legit. If he has that kind of pop, I'd love, I'd pay money to see that exit velocity on that ball. I bet that was over 112 to 14 easy, which is, and it's going to be in an upper percentile of major leagues. And, He's raw, but this kid is good. And I mean, we've, we've heard consistently good reports from a lot of people on him. I think it's just a matter of putting it all together. Um, he obviously needs reps, but man, that ball was torched. I don't know. JP, did you get a look at that? that uh, no, run. that was, that was a game I didn't, I didn't see. Um, uh, I have seen Robert before though. And I actually have concerns with you do. his ability to see spin. I've seen some, Ooh, okay. some Floreal esque, um, swings on spin and, um, especially down and away seems to be a hole for him, but you know, tools wise. Yeah. The tools are really sexy and fucking he, he mashes baseballs too. So, yeah. you know, it, it's not a death knell. Like this guy's young. He's only 20, right? Um, yeah, he's pretty young. I believe he's 20. So, you know, um, some concerning signs. I, I still like Luis Robert. Maybe I don't like him as much as the uh, industry consensus though. 21 actually turned 21 in August, but still, I still think okay. he's uh legit. Yeah. He's fun. Maybe I'm a little too aggressive on that. 10, 15 Joe Adele more guys. Joe Adele above him. Oh yeah. Joe Adele. Yeah. Easy, easy above him. Yeah. I would take Adele over, over Lou Rob. Cool. Boys. Are we good? this was a nice little 50 minute pod here. So you know uh, what? This is the tightest one I think we've ever had. I have one last question. Let's hear it. actually. Um, so would you take Lou Bob? Or Jonathan India, JP. Oh boy. man, that's a good question. You're, you're picking one of my question. one of my binkies. Um, I love him too, <laughs> and I'm close. I'm close. I had oh, India very shit. close to, to Robert. <laughs> I'm gonna I go. Think, I'm gonna go. I think I would I think take I would. India. I think I take yep. India. He's in the dirt. He can play multiple positions, potentially shortstop, second base, and third base. I think he's a more polished hitter at this point. And I actually think the power upside might be higher with India, particularly in that ballpark, is if he sticks with Cincinnati. I really like India. And uh, if I didn't love Nolan Gorman as much as I do and think he was a 70 future power guy, maybe more, um, I, I think I would probably have India one. But I've never really faltered on India. I went from bomb one, India two, to now Gorman one, India two. So I'm gonna, my I'm first gonna go. I'm gonna go Robert. Uh, yeah, that's close though. I'm gonna go Robert for okay. the upside there, purely because I think that he has a little more on like the six-ish plus range of tools in terms of his speed, possibly, and and what the raw pop is. Um, but I, I loved India when I saw him too. So. I don't know. It's not a knock on India. I just think that they're, I think there's a little bit more upside with, with Robert in terms of the overall profile. If everything comes together and I'll, I'll, I'll base it off that, but they're close. They'd be really close on the top 100 for me. I think, um, where would India go in your top 100 Ralph? Do you know yet? Like what would uh, I, I had India within the top 50. I think he was in like the top, maybe he was like 35 to like okay. 25 somewhere in that window. And I think he still would be, um, so I, I like, man, him a lot. I don't, really I don't, aggressive. I don't, I think there's, I, I, you know, 
in a year, it wouldn't shock me if we view him not all that differently than we viewed Nick Senzel coming into the year. Um, maybe with a little less indie, you know, injury risk, but I, I still just, love Senzel though. Yeah. I mean, he started right out of high school too at Florida. I think we forget how long, um, you know, he played at a really high level and actually like started on that team and got minutes. So, uh, or excuse me, innings, but, um, I don't know. I, I love India. So I, I think I'm going India over, over Robert just because there's a little bit less risk there. Um, so I'm being a little risk, risk adverse and taking the guy that can uh, play in the infield. I like it. Yeah. I think it was, it was a little too aggressive earlier in the pod when I was saying he's a top that Robert's a top 15, 10 prospect. I think I, I, I think I watched that video. I think I watched that video and I was like, Oh God, it's top five. And it's like, <laughs> come back to earth. So I'm like, nah, 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 nah. It's probably like, probably like 25, 30 ish for me. Cause I'd probably have India in that same window. And if I'm saying I take Lou Bob over them, then they got to both be top 25, 30 for me. So maybe I'm a little more aggressive on India than people, but who knows? Who knows? Boys, we good. I think we're good here. This is a fun little discussion as always. Thanks for joining us. Roswell Prospect Pod. I'm at Lance Brosdow. He's at Prospect Jesus at Jason Panini, P N N I N I. Um, yeah, Fall JP still down in the Arizona League for a bit. So we'll be following him really and seeing his thoughts. And I'm sure maybe get some more thoughts from him. Prospects Live Podcast Network as well at Prospects Live, prospectslive.com. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Take care. Policy and terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just one dollar. Text the word GRADE to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun. And everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text GRADE to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text GRADE to 323232 right now and get started for just $1. Text GRADE to 323232 now. Text GRADE to 323232. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. My first grader was behind in reading, and this program has made a huge difference. She's now reading above grade level. I use it for my kids' nightly reading for school. We love it, and it's super easy and quick to do. My kid, who just turned four years old and has been using the program since January of this year, can now read. Thank you so much, Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word KID to 323232 right now. It's fast and easy. Text KID to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text the word KID to 323232. Text KID to 323232.